Hello and welcome to Hot Topics, the studio this March. My name is Mark Chillingworth and it's my honour to be moderating this discussion on security and leadership strategies. And I'm joined today by Laura Mateus and Krishna Rajesh. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me for today's discussion. If I may begin, this is a very globally focused discussion. What local security challenges does your region present to you as leaders at, at, at present? Uh, I'm going to start on my left. Laura, I'll start with you, if I may. All right. Um, hi, everyone. Uh, well, regional security challenges uh, from a local perspective. Uh, number one is budget, honestly. Uh, and because of that budget, um, then it follows resources. So, and then after that, uh, because you've got a limited budget and you have a limited resource, how would you then focus those that you can get on? So those are three ones: budget, resources, and tools. Krishna, would you would you agree with that? Is that the the, the situation for you? Yeah. First of all, thank Mark for uh, this interesting question, and hi all. So I fully agree with uh, Laura, especially like you know when we talk about in IT. So you know we are into a very different paradigm altogether. Like we wanted to have some budget set aside for doing certain activities in the same time business priorities are different they look into some different way and when we talk about from a security angle like you know still uh, you know a lot of organization goes into a reactive mode than a proactive mode so obviously when you go to the board and asking for the budget and the resources so you know a lot of time what happens is because you know it is in a reactive mode getting the right set of talent and right set of budget at the right time is always a challenge i fully agree with what uh, laura said i just also wanted to add one more thing as like you know as and when like you know we are growing and especially in last two years during the pandemic time so what happened is like you know any activity which was used to be as usual now it has become like you know one of that major thing can we do it if we can do it how can we do it and you know this opportunity this you know that uh, restrictions or the challenge is also opened up a lot of way by companies can innovate and you know uh, get into a new opportunity and i also seeing like there is a lot of you know positiveness coming from a business side where earlier when we used to go back to that uh, you know business and say listen this is what we wanted to do can you help us out now business says listen i want to run the show how efficiently you can help us to do that and that is what the mindset which I could see at least happening in last, uh, you know, two years since we got hit by this, uh, you know, pandemic uh, bus. And and you're both in the Asia Pacific region. How does this uh, this challenge of resources and budget compare uh, with other global regions? And what are you learning and could share about the, the security situation you're in with them? So, so now what happens is when you talk about in terms of the challenges, if compared to other uh, part of the world, see, end of the day, technology doesn't understand the boundaries. Technology doesn't understand like, you know, um, maybe how the work can be done or see under the bonnet, all the engines are seen. Like in terms of doing a business, the business model is same, maybe process are different. In certain cases, what happens is it's easy to automate, get the work done in a better way. In certain cases, it is a whole thing has been, uh, you know, manual driven. But when you talk about a manual driven, so in that case, specifically, when we talk about uh, in scenario like pandemic, getting the right resources, the right place to do that activity is challenged. If I compare to any Western world where a couple of processes are already automated and because 
you know dependencies on the humans are lesser in comparisons to uh, you know uh, what we see currently in our area that's what my view would be Laura, would you would you agree with that situation is that what you see when you talk to global peers that that's yes that's what we see um, on top of that uh, something interesting um we all we talked about this prior to coming in uh it's covid it's the pandemic right um the pandemic has forced a different way of working and it has put a spotlight on cybersecurity uh to the extent that regardless of the fact um that budget resources and focus is a real challenge from a local perspective the pandemic has actually raised some sort of awareness to the point that you're you're now getting uh uh, being driven to provide more cybersecurity, but at the same time now you can use that to leverage um, uh, so that you can get the additional budget, the ad- additional resources, and the focus that is needed for something like this to happen. Uh, on top of that, um, globally, what I I would experience uh, exchanging notes with other people, as well as the the folks that I have also in, in, in the Middle East is that there is a tendency for vendors to set the agenda. Unfortunately, from cybersecurity, I hope there are no vendors <laughs> or, 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 or if they are, I hope they're taking it um, very well. Um, the tendency for vendors to set the agenda. Let's, let's say, let's talk about the topic called zero trust. Okay, we're hearing that everywhere. It's trust. risen a great deal, hasn't it, in recent, in, right. over, the, over this pandemic? But instead of respecting um, Kinderbag's uh, version of it, because as we all know, John Kinderbag is, is the creator of Zero Trust, they, the vendors, some of the vendors, not all, would set the agenda so that it suits the Zero Trust architecture concept, suits their product, rather than respecting what the original concept should have been. Uh, so that's one. No? The second one is, um, the national agenda, uh, I think for everywhere, you know, uh, would still be spotty. We would have our differences in, uh, in terms of the focus, but each of the different countries, um, their national agenda would either be on two sides of the point. The first one would be it's either too prescriptive or even nosy to the point, or swings the other way, which is, you know, it's too big. In our case, there are some portions where they're trying to be too nosy, uh, at the same time, uh, also trying to be vague. So <laughs> <laughs> the, two don't, the, two, the two do not go hand in hand, do they? Yeah, yeah. Chris, Laura made some really interesting points there. It's actually, if I can simplify it, it's boiling it down to standards. There's a, there's a lack of common standards. Is is that something you would agree with and, and see in your organization and the challenges you face? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that is a, that's one of the major point. And I, I completely agree with Alora when he says, like, you know, in terms of that uh, vendor driven approach or, and unfortunately or fortunately, security or, you know, the information, uh, you know, uh, security or data privacy, these words have been more used to, you know, create a fear rather than actually giving a solution 
you know the vendor will come and he will put four jargons and say that it supports uh, zero trust it supports uh, you know all those uh, you know one of the best classic thing but what is more important is to, is to see whether that is getting fit into a current ecosystem or not because like you know today we talk about ai each and everyone is actually talking about ai like if you really get into ai part then only you realize ki what is the thing which we really requires to implement similarly when you talk about the security like you know probably there would be certain features or certain uh, functionality of the product which is meant for a global standard but not for a specific to a organization or that particular ecosystem need so that is something one needs to look into and also i another point and i hope that no one is listening especially from the vendor community because when we talk about a product so it is a box selling people will come and they will sell the product they will never sell a solution what organization need is a solution not a product because if you go to the board if you talk about a cxos in terms of their vision or like you know the way they want to work they would be really wanted to know how that you know the entire ecosystem can work in terms of business energy to either expand its either in terms of revenue or market gain or in a intangible benefit but what end of the day what we try to do we try to just implement as you know product in bucket or uh, bucketed stage like we say that we implemented a utm we implemented a firewall we implemented a soc max so on and so forth it is good to listen and good to you know have it but is that actually supporting your business is something which need, one needs to look into and that also like you know in pandemic what is happening another problem is like as i said earlier the daily activity is also becoming challenging in current scenario for an example like today if if uh, someone says fine i just walk on a road or i walk on a uh, you know this surface looks very common but if the same thing is been said in terms of a moon scenario say that i walked in a moon the huge difference and actually we are going through that scenario currently and you know this sort of scenario can be seen only when you do a collaboration cooperation not among yourself but also in a global community then only you can have a right set of approach otherwise you will never get a roi because today we are talking about you know platform as a service application as a service and nowadays like you know even um, you know what do you call the uh, uh, ransomware is also come as a service so people are maturing as we are maturing they are also maturing so we also need to see how that you know in terms of defensive ai defensive mechanism can be taken into offensive mode so that we can get one step ahead in terms of getting the edge and people should be realizing they should be setting up the r&ds and they should be ready to fail that is a major problem today's world when we talk about a budget people have very thin margin and they says fair enough i have a budget i need to ensure my pnl i need to ensure that my top line and bottom line are in sync and in the same time we are also saying that we need to do r&d and we are ready to fail and that is a calculated risk one has to you know take then only they are going to survive in the near future or will be able to face uh, uncertain you know what should i say uh, uh, trade or uncertain um, you know sort of uh, technological evolution whatever it is happening that's what my view would be Krishna, you've preempted my next question, which is, you know, does the security function need better global collaboration to solve these challenges? Which uh, you can probably just say yes, because that sounds like that's what you were you were putting across there. But uh, now, would you would you say that is the case? We need more global collaboration, and and anything you'd add to what uh, Krishna kindly shared with us there? Well, going back to your question mark on the standards, you brought up a very very interesting point there. 
Um, it's not the lack of standards, honestly, because I would point out to you a phrase, and you know, people can people who are listening here can Google that. It's called the fog of more. We've heard of cloud, right? But you know, if you Google the fog of more, F O G of more, it's really because there's so many standards out there. Um, there's CIS, there's NIS, there's COVID, there's ISO 27000, there's so many things. Uh, I mean, there's PCI DSS. Uh, so people get lost in those uh, acronyms. And I am fortunate to have to belong to a conglomerate who's listened to the sessions we've done where I pointed out that there is a coherence in faculty standards. These standards point to different things. COVID is about um, um, governance and controls. It's got five pillars, one pillar of which is information security. And information security is what ISO 27000 is pointing out to. However, I said to them, you know, I pointed out the difference between cybersecurity and information security. And when we were done, I then asked everyone, so what are we after then? Are we after information security or cybersecurity? And there was a unanimous cybersecurity is what we need right now. And so therefore, if that's the case, then the framework we should follow is NISD. Not, um, regardless of the fact that ISO 27000 is, is a more general one, NISD focuses on cybersecurity. But if we wanted a tactical level and a, an operational level, then it's CIS that supports NISD. So, you see, the standards that you brought up is, is so interesting, um, but there's a, there's a case to be made for people like us, the leaders uh, in security and, and you know, leadership strategies, to, to, to focus on telling people, you know, taking out the fog of more and putting coherence uh, into it. Now, going back to the collaboration, therefore, and that's basically the point, you know, people then should get together instead of um, showing each other as competing standards, just collaborate together and say, this is where we cover best. This is the other, this standard covers this other best. You know? uh, and on top of that, from a national perspective, uh, which I mentioned earlier, um, CERTs are, are, are there, you know, the uh, cybersecurity emergency response teams, um, have to be there and have to be able to be accessible to companies, you know, small businesses, large corporations. Um, the CERTs have to be very accessible. And the CERTs for each nation have to be able to co collaborate together uh, across the globe. Uh, because whether we like it or not, the hackers are actually collaborating together. And we're at a disadvantage if you don't collaborate as well. But you see that, that that's where all of these standards come in. There's collaboration there. It's just, you know, everyone else has to be more focused on where do these standards fit and remove that fog of more. Krishna, Lara made a brilliant point there, didn't he? That the the actors who threaten us are collaborating. So therefore, globally, we as a community need to collaborate more. Would, would you agree with that? And is that your uh, your vision of what you see going on? 
right ma see uh, what i strongly believe security is uh, everyone's responsibility but individuals action when i say so so it has to you know thought of from multiple touch point as we know like we talk about a sock sock can work only when you get a feed from multiple angles multiple uh, you know systems multiple uh, threat and so on and so forth engine and so on and so forth similarly when you talk about a security or ensuring that you know you are in a safer side because no one give, can give a 100% security say, can say that ki my system cannot be breached what is required to see is how quickly we respond to any incident when it happens or how much information we have about nature of attack or what are we doing to minimize the damage or prevent it if if we can prevent it very good if we cannot prevent it can we isolate it so that is something which we are looking for and also nowadays like you know when we are talking about you know getting automation into all the mission critical application be it a healthcare or be it a power supply be it a defense manufacturing so and so forth it is very you know important for us not only to understand from one industry specific to ensure that you know those things have been specific for an example if i say listen i am from a vfsi i just need to get bothered by regulator watch they are tell me to protect my environment which is according to vfsi standard along with the framework which um, you know laura said like you know beta nist or whatever we can talk about but now what is happening is like the information flow is from a multi dimensional like today if you talk about in terms of healthcare versus insurance the data is seamlessly flowing between both of them like manufacturer as well as in terms of uh, the uh, snd it is flowing so those days are gone by where i uh, means i can say that fine i have implemented a policies i am following a particular standard i am secure those days are gone by now what we also need to ensure and understand is there are certain touch point which probably i may feel is not valid but the threat might get originated from other system which might impact me take an example of a saas services so i can protect my environment but i don't know what is happening at the other end like people are talking about a hyper uh, you know the hyperscale scenario or hyperconverge or maybe they can all they are also talking about multiple uh, you know rules and regulation like gdpr law of the land and so on and so forth so all this are supposed to prevent and protect but nothing can be given as a 100% guarantee unless until we think uh, you know elevating ourselves to one level above and understand what is happening in other uh, persons area also so that maybe i might not know but it is already happening unless until that informations are shared collaborated and disseminated we will not be able to have a better understanding or better implementation of any policy whatever we try to do that would be my view on this fantastic so having taken you both out on a on a global view i'm going to pull you back into to the regions that you live and work within and what in your regions do you see uh evolving within the security function how do you how do you see your current roles your teams and that evolving over the years to come uh, laura i'll start with you if i may all right um the there is a very visible um, evolution that's happening um uh, at the current stage but I, i'm using a maturity model to to assess um across the region um at the current stage is still reactive okay um Krishna's rightly pointed out before uh, that there was this perimeter defense thing, and then Zero Trust came along and said, you know, um, 
basically the concept of zero trust is saying you don't put your security guards on the perimeter. You call back your security guards, put them into the places that actually need defending, but then hide them behind the doors. Don't display. So if you know, if a person comes in, uh, a hacker comes into a building, let's say it's a, let's visualize a physical building, it's going to have a hard time finding out which are the security because every every door will look the same. Why? Because the security guards are inside. But once he starts opening a secure room, he gets hacked in. Uh, you know, he gets uh, butted on the head by the security guard. Uh, yeah, it's that. That's one one aspect of the zero trust uh, aspect. The other one is that you know, if people come into your building, or or even sits in your living room. The security guard there looks at you and, you know, you start, you, you see a coffee book on the coffee table. You lift it up and you start opening it. The security guard will actually ask you, are you even authorized to open that? So from a reactive perimeter defense portion, um, Zero Trust is getting a very good um, uh, uh, bandwagon effect here in our region. And what is it? What that is making is that, therefore, the 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 way we approach um, security is no longer the, the perimeter. It's now protecting what's really important, but at the same time, everywhere, you know, people who do come into your 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 perimeter are still questioned. You know, are you even authorized to do something? Yes, you're in, but is your activity also authorized? Um, and so from a reactive, it becomes really more proactive. Well, the nice thing about that is that it's, it's cheap. Um, honestly, uh, we're, we're, we're implementing that on our side. But, you know, it's it's, it's kind of cheap. Uh, not, it's budget-wise, it's still challenging. Yeah. But more, uh, how do you call it? More reasonable to defend now uh, yeah. in terms of justice. Justifying the business case, and you you get your return on investment. Much yes, sooner. because it's it's more focused on whatever needs to be defended, not the whole, not the entire perimeter. Krishna, how do you see that the security uh, role and team uh, evolving in the in the years to come in your region? So there are three things. First thing is when you talk about in terms of uh, you know uh, region specific. One of the things which I'm seeing or which is you know uh, people are also talking about is in terms of you know that data privacy along with the data privacy also to see how we can have it localized in terms of to ensure that any attack or any impact can be minimized by taking up multiple you know steps or preventive measures as laura said maybe you know uh, you know from a reactive to proactive sort of scenario and also in terms of identity management Earlier, like, you know, when we talk about identity management, there is a lot of risk which is getting, uh, you know, uh, coming in because of the manual interference. And one of the, one, one of the best thing which is happening in this region is we are, we are seeing a lot of startup coming in who are helping us to automate a lot of processes by, you know, some of that uh, tool like AI, ML, NLP which is also giving some sort of edge in terms of to ensure like those activities or those, uh, you know, uh, roadblock, which was there earlier when you do it in a manual sort of scenario can be automated and organizations are also taking it in a serious note. And also like when we are talking about in terms of implementation perspective from a security posters angle, 
we are also seeing that organization are getting more mature maybe one of the reason is thanks to covid where people are also started realizing that no unless until they safeguard their assets or their inventory things will not happen in a way that they thought about the other thing which also we are seeing is now the security from a external is moving towards the internal when i say so because of you know the social economical uh, reasons or the trend which we are going through lot of time we also seeing the threat is from internal also if i compare to external when i so say so it is a social or emotional angle of a person who is managing it so it is easy to identify and you know mitigate the threat but it is very difficult to mitigate a threat uh, on someone whom you trust and give a system on so how will you put a parameter to ensure that you do the activity in a much better way because those thing can come into a light only when actually incident happens and the damage is done and you get into a investigation mode or maybe some forensic or whatever mode it is but by then the damage is already done so now we are also trying to look into a angle wherein we are trying to capture some sort of emotional or behavioral part of that you know the ecosystem to get a insight before actually something happens because today that there are lot of touch points are there social medias are there like you know you know a lot of behavior analysis are there unstructured and the thanks to ai and the maturity model which is coming into picture because of uh, you know the startup culture the organizations has also started thinking on those line so and for an example a security threat which is there for say you know a 100 million dollar company it is equivalent the same to a 10 million dollar company also but when they talk about in terms of having a right resource and the resource is not you know uh, you know what should i say lower in terms of cost wise when they you tend to have so there is a lot of model the organization is working on wherein uh, they are trying to identify the risk and based on the risk they are taking the appropriate action be it a uh, you know some action which needs to be taken through uh, you know putting certain control or processes in place there are certain area where you need to involve technology be put into place and also like if you talk about in terms of the sharing which is happening at a larger extent that is also been getting considered wherein we are also involving business stakeholder saying that listen earlier what used to happen is cyber security guy used to be called he is a guy who can call stop but can he actually do that like in ehs we have a terminology called stop where you can go and say stop and you know stop a production in case if they find some bug but do we have that empowerment in it if i go and say to you know management say this is what we are going to have and probably this might get impacted the question immediately the management is going to ask me did you have this sort of scenario what is the percentage of chances maybe you can quantify you can in terms of amount and dollar but still the proceeding is always a business than a security but now the dynamics are changing because now what business is saying that fine i want to start something how will you ensure that my activity is not hampered be it a ransomware be it any sort of hacking cracking whatever you can call it because now that sort of maturity is already come in and maybe i can say that that is only because of the pandemic or scenario in which we are going through which has opened lot of doors for innovation 
and we are doing it because of the innovation had it been a normal status where we are talking about you know uh, you know uh, rudimentary activity in terms of client server or maybe firewall things would have been so great but now things have actually changed that would be my view it's fascinating krishna to hear you talk about how privacy and, and data privacy have, have risen up the agenda and, and certainly we've seen that uh, you know, we, we went regional, then global, and then back to regional in our conversation. But actually, that data privacy thing is very much a case of a, of a, glo a global thing becoming much more regional, isn't it? And, and possibly it started in Europe with GDPR and it's and then in California and everywhere else following in their footsteps. So really fascinating. Gentlemen, it's been a really interesting debate. Thank you so much for sharing your, your views on the, the security landscape uh, and security and leadership strategies. It's been uh, all sorts to learn from this conversation and I really uh, I really enjoyed it and taken a great deal from it. Please thank everyone watching, please thank uh, Krishna, Rajesh and Lara Mateus for sharing their views with us and uh, tune in to the next Hot Topics debate at the studio.